Hello, I'm Mike Browning. Welcome to Let God Speak. Have you ever wanted to know and see God's face, to stand in awe and adoration before the Almighty? Well, as sinners, we can't see God now, but we can know what he's like in character. Our study of the Bible today will explore that. Well, folks, on our panel today, we have Rod Butler and we have his daughter, Casey Butler. And as we've been discussing, this is the first time on our program we've had a father and daughter team. So thank you for coming to share with us today. Welcome. <laughs> We'd invite everyone to join with us in prayer before we open the scripture. Father in heaven, we thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us and the life you've given us. And now we want to look at the life of Jesus. And I pray that you'll guide us by your Holy Spirit today in our discussion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, folks. Well, look, the fact is that God has already given us quite an amazing look at himself. And uh, he sent his son, Jesus, to reveal what God is really like. And I'd like us to refer to a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 to begin with today. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, which says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge, and watch this, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Um, this is a really interesting verse, Rob. What is it saying to us? Well, it's saying to us, Mike, that we can indeed know what God is like okay. if we observe what Jesus did and uh, how he acted and his, uh, his, his acts on the earth. Mm -hmm. There's another text which I'd like to also read. It's in John uh, 1 verse 18. And it says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So Jesus is able to show what God is like because he's been there. He's been okay. with him. Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, that's a very interesting insight. Um, a lot of scriptures talk about Jesus and who he actually was and is. Mm. Another one is in Hebrews chapter 1. And the first three verses of Hebrews um, are very deep. I'm just going to read verse 2 and 3 of Hebrews 1, which says, talking about God himself, and it says, He has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, which is very interesting. And then verse 3 says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Um, so, Casey, what does it mean in verse 3 there where it talks about um, the brightness um, of his glory or reflection of his mm. glory. What is he saying to us? Yeah. Here? So when it's talking about the reflection of his glory, we know mm. from when you look at Exodus chapter 33 and 34, mm -hmm. um, that God's glory is actually his character. And so when we see here that Christ is reflecting God's character, um, he is showing, you know, what God is like, you know, that he's holy, he's perfect, he's without sin and everything. Mm. Now, the interesting thing is that as sinful human beings, 
we cannot actually see the fullness of God's character. It's too much for us. Mm-hmm. So when God um, sent Jesus, he actually made it so that Jesus sort of toned down the reflection of God's character so that it was something that we could handle. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to think of it like the... Um, like the sun. So, you know, it's the sun is too bright for us. We can't look directly at it. it it'll damage our eyes. But um, we can look directly at the moon, which is reflecting the light from the sun. Yeah, and it's, so it's, yeah, it's a similar sort of thing in mm. terms of Christ is showing the character of God in a way that we can actually see it and it won't overwhelm us. Yeah, no, thank you for that. That's lovely. I really appreciate that. Um, going back to verse three um, in Hebrews chapter one here, Rhoda, Um, It also talks about Jesus being the express image of God's person. What's he saying to us here? Well, I like there's there's another translation of that word, the express image. I think the the new revised standard says the exact imprint. Mm -hmm. And I think of an exact imprint being a a perfect copy, a perfect facsimile, a perfect clone. (laughs) And uh, whilst it's probably a crude analogy when you're referring to Jesus, but when we we look to Jesus, we see uh, a perfect example of God, an exact imprint, mm-hmm. um, the express image. And um, we can have the confidence as we look to Jesus that we are seeing God. Okay, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to go back to another scripture in Second Corinthians. We looked in a moment ago in chapter 4, verse Earlier, uh, we looked at verse 6. I want to go back to chapter 4, verse 4. So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, which says this, Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, and talking about the glory of Christ now, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Um, And we read verse 6, and I'll just remind us of those words. It is God who commands light to shine out of darkness, And it talks there about the knowledge of the glory of God also, which is interesting. So who is Jesus really? Who is this? What is this trying to say to us, Casey? Mm. So um, Jesus was someone who came from God. He actually is God. We know that from Scripture. But it's interesting what he says about himself. If we have a look at John chapter 6 and verse 46, it says that... um, no, no man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has mm. seen the Father. So uh, there's no human being on earth who has ever seen God, except for Jesus, who came as a human. And um, because he is the only one who has truly you know, known God, yeah. he is the only one who can truly show us what God is like. Yes, and we can rely on his, what he tells us, mm. and reveals to us. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, I noticed too in, in Luke, chapter 10, uh, Rod, and verse 22, we read this. Um, Jesus himself is talking here and he says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father and who the Father is except the Son, which gives us some idea of the, the closeness between the Father and Son. And the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. That's really interesting also, isn't it? What is this trying to tell us, Rod? This is very deep. Well, it's, it's saying that Jesus is making it very clear that he is revealing God. And when, again, when we look at the life of Christ, 
how he healed people with disease, how he taught people, he restored lives. Um, every act that Jesus did, which was an act of love, which was mm -hmm. service for others, this is giving us a glimpse of the way God the Father relates to us. Yes. And it's, again, an incredible insight to uh, the love that God has. Because when we look at Jesus, we think, wow, how could anybody do that? Mm. The love that Jesus must have had, well, God the Father has that love. And yeah, that verse gives us that insight. Mm. Yes, it's a beautiful insight into the character of God. Mm. Our God is a God of love and mercy, as you've pointed out. And mm. how wonderful that God is like that. Um, anything else, of course, just uh, mm. you don't want to think about, but it's not like that. He's, he's the beautiful, loving, merciful God that we find mm. projected in Jesus' life. Um, all right, thank you so much, Rod, for that. So Jesus is revealing the Father to us and, of course, to the world. Um, in that context, I want to read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 1, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, very simple little verse, and all it says is this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Now, he's addressing fellow believers here. Hmm. Be imitators of God. Um, so what do you think of that as a, as a, a, a command, in a sense? Mm. Yeah, well, Jesus actually, um, when he was on earth, we, we've just been talking about how he revealed the Father, but Jesus isn't on earth anymore. Mm -hmm. So... If God wants the rest of the world who's currently, the rest of the people in the world who are here currently to know what um, he is like, he has to have another way of revealing himself. Yeah. And so God actually wants to reveal himself through his followers. And um, it's interesting if we have a look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, um, Paul is talking here about himself, his own experience, and um, how this is exactly what God is doing through him. He says, God called me by his grace in verse 15 and then 16 says to reveal his son in me. And um, so this is what Paul's experience was that, mm -hmm. you know, God was going to be revealing what Christ is like through him. And um, it's, it's a big task for us to do. It's an do. awesome thought when you yeah. think about it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that reveal, we have that um, To reveal God, imitate God. Mm. And this is the original purpose that God had for us. You know, in the beginning, he made us in his image. He wanted us to exemplify his character. Mm. Um, of course, <laughs> that's been messed up with sin. But um, God still has that purpose for us. And through the grace of God, it is possible for us. And um, what I really like about the verse you read before in um, Ephesians 5.1, where it says uh, that to be imitators of God as dear children. Yeah. Um, I like that little bit at the end, as dear children, because what do children like to do? They like to watch and then copy, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we can be like Christ. If we watch what he does and how he lives and mm -hmm. his spirit and then copy that, then we can then be able to exemplify what he's like in the yes, world. It's an amazing privilege that we have. And of course, mm -hmm. this is where the indwelling Holy Spirit is so vital in our yeah. experience mm -hmm. because it's going to take a miracle for us mm. to be imitators of God, but God is in the business of that kind of miracle, That's which is great, true. isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything to, ro and to add to that? Yeah, just uh, picking up what Casey was mm. saying, um, in the King James it says, be followers, be, the, be therefore followers of God. <laughs> and as a follower, we are to model our life on the life of Jesus. And one of the things which um, Jesus uh, had which was 
amazing in his life, he had unaffected humility. Mm-hmm. And when you compare the life of Jesus to the life of the world, as worldlings, if I can use that term, um, it's all about self. It's all about projecting ourselves and exalting ourselves. Mm. Christ did exactly the opposite. Yeah. He humbled himself. I've just got some, I bought some quotes here from a book, The Desire of Ages, which deals with his humility. Just a few quotes. It says, he shunned display. He did not strive for worldly greatness. And even in the lowest position, he was content. He did not contend for his rights. He weeded out all vanity from life. He took no measures to bring himself into notice. His manners were gentle and unassuming. In that life, there was no noisy disputation, no ostentatious worship, no act to gain applause. He remained true to the humble lot he had accepted and so on. Mm. Now, that's pretty powerful because in my own, you know, a natural state, I don't think that way. I want to project self. Mm. But as be followers of Christ, that means we have to um, have that humility. Yes. And that's uh, it's a very powerful um, thing. It, it is a very powerful thing. And it's a very, uh, it's an amazing thing because it's so opposite. Here was Jesus, the almighty in mm. humanity. Mm. And he was taking the humble lowest place. Mm. It's interesting. One of his followers, John the Baptist, had that humility mm. because he was being pushed to be, to project himself. But he said, he must increase. I must decrease in referring to the work of Jesus, which was at that stage increasing. Mm. So John was prepared to take that back seat to humble himself. And again, another example for us. Yeah, it is another example. And that's in John 3, verse 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, and God himself was actually veiled in the inscrutable divinity of Christ. Um, and, he, and, he was, and he was able to combine that with visible humanity. Mm. How did he do that? Well, it's amazing because the, the Bible's really bold. I mean, mm. Jesus was the creator. He's mm. God. And yet when he was, he came to the earth in an obscure country, yeah. lived in an obscure little village of Nazareth. He was an itinerant rabbi. He didn't own anything. Um, he called himself the son of man. He identified with humanity so completely um, and didn't in any way project himself. He veiled his divinity by being so obscure. Mm. And, you know, we think to the time where he fed the 5,000, they, um, they wanted to crown him king. Well, he immediately departed. He did not want any uh, yes. projection of himself other than his mission, which was to reach and save sinners. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So he, his, uh, his divinity was veiled by his humility and staying out of, um, without projecting himself. Yet it couldn't be hidden, could it? No. And that's the other interesting thing about it. Mm. Um, John 1.14 makes an interesting statement. This is the Apostle John writing, chapter 1 and verse 14, talking about Jesus and refers to him as the Word, the Word of God. And it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what we've just been talking about. Mm. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, can you expand on that for us, Casey? What is that saying? Mm. So it's saying that if we would want to understand God's character, because that's what God's mm. glory is, yeah. and if we want to get a true picture of God's character, we need to look at Christ because he reveals it in balance. I mean, it talks about Christ there being full of grace and truth. 
You yeah. know, it wasn't that Jesus was all grace. He came to reveal the truth about God too. Mm. And it wasn't that he was showing all truth and no grace either. You know, it was a balance here. So Christ is revealing what God is like in the fullness of his love at the same time, the fullness of his holiness. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Mm. And um, there's an interesting question. Now, we started off today by talking about the, how, the desire to see God's face. Mm. And we've moved into talking about how he, God was actually revealed to us in Jesus, his son. Um, but it's not unusual that people should feel that way. In John chapter 14, verse 8, um, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples and Philip comes up with a question. This is it, John 14, 8. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. Um, what do you think about that request, <laughs> Ron? Well, I, I feel sorry for Philip. Um, putting this in context, mm. this is actually in the context of the, the Last Supper. Christ is hours away from the agony of Gethsemane and, of course, the crucifixion the next day. Mm. And so this is the last major conversation he's having with his disciples. And they've been with him for over three years. And Philip still does not understand <laughs> that Jesus is reflecting God the Father. Yeah. And um, I, I guess the lesson there for me is that how long have I known about Jesus? And am I also um, uh, prone to forget that Jesus reflects God the Father? Mm. Philip's, Philip's response, uh, whilst um, I guess embarrassing for him, just shows his humanity. He had a preconceived idea about what Christ should be doing, which, which um, took his focus off what God was doing, uh, what Jesus was doing to reflect God's character. Mm. So to know Jesus is to know the Lord, is to know, sorry, is to know the Father. And mm. um, Philip didn't understand at that stage. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that too. Um, how... It's true. Eternity is not going to be long enough to understand and plumb the depths of Jesus mm. and, and God's character, too. So, but how closely do you think we do know Jesus himself? Yeah, well, it's interesting what it says that uh, in 1 Corinthians um, 13, verse 12, it says that we see through a mirror dimly. So the best that we can see of Christ here and now is really only a dim little bit compared to what we will see in his fullness in all eternity when we see him face to face. Um, and yeah, it's always going to be, it's like the sunrise. It's, it's, it comes upon us slowly, our, our understanding and vision of God and his character yeah. as we can handle it. And it will continue to grow throughout eternity. It will. And of course, reading the scripture and reading about Jesus' life gives the Holy Spirit opportunities to prompt us to open mm. our understanding to things that we may have missed before. Mm. And it's so important to do that. Um, I want to look now at, at Jesus as the master teacher of mankind now. Mm. So we're moving on a little bit here. Um, he was reflecting, obviously, the, the concerns that God the Father has as well. Um, question is, what was his greatest concern, particularly for his followers and his people. Rod, did you pick anything up on that? Well, again, if you go to the book of John, and, and this is, again, in context, the, the Last Supper. In the very first part of John, chapter 18, they're walking up into Gethsemane. They're crossing the book uh, Kidron. And Jesus is having this prayer in chapter 17. Yeah. And in verses 20 to 23, um, Jesus prays, is praying, by the way, and Jesus says this. 
So this is clearly on his heart. Mm -hmm. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, and they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Jesus' concern was it was so important for his disciples to reflect love, just like Jesus and the Father had love that was, uh, they were uh, so interconnected. Um, we are to have that same love for Jesus. Be imitators of God, as we mm. talked about it. Yes, earlier. yes. Mm. And this was very important to Christ to get this mm. message across. And again, shortly after this, it's all over. There's no more big discourses for Jesus, for his disciples. This is his parting message to his mm. disciples. Thank you for picking that up. That's a very good one. Appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter two now. And I'm going to read there verse three and four. Um, which talks about our relationship with one another, um, building on what you've just said. Uh, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, Mm. but in lowliness of mind, this is humility here, let each esteem others better than himself. Mm. That's interesting. And then verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And it goes on to say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus himself. Um, So it's a lovely picture that we have here. Um, Jesus himself, of course, did this stuff, Mm. didn't he, Casey? This is how Jesus lived his life as we uh, and we're encouraged to do the same again. Mm, Most definitely. He left heaven, um, you know, with all the glory of that and the purity of the place and the adoration Mm. of angels. He left that and came to this dark and dismal earth, <laughs> became right. a human. Um, it says that in verse um, verse seven, he was made in the likeness of men of Philippians two. And um, that was such a, uh, a humbling thing to do. Yes. Um, but he did that for us. And so his focus was on others and not himself. Taking on himself humanity, he became a dependent mm. human being mm. as we are for eternity. Mm. There was no turning back. This, he, was, he was a new person, if you like, the God-man, Christ Jesus. Thank you for that. Very beautiful. Um, so this description here of humility, um, is it possible for us to be like that, Rod? I mean, can we, can we have this kind of humility where we esteem others better than ourselves? Well, in, in our own strength, uh, probably no, no. But, but yes, as we behold Christ, and as we um, meditate on him and the Holy Spirit performs a miracle in our heart, mm-hmm. yes, we can be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can be imitators of his humility. In our own strength, no. It's all to do with the Holy Spirit uh, living in us. And I'd just like to uh, bring out another verse. If I refer to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says... But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Now, I'm reading from the King James. That word glass is really mirror. So behold, we are all with an open face beholding as in a mirror. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So as we behold Christ Mm. and the spirit works in us, we are changed. We can imitate. We can overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Thank you for that. Mm. Um, 
moving along, and we're running, sort of running out of time in a hurry today, I want to read a scripture. It's in Matthew 20 and verse 25. Matthew 20 and verse 25. Jesus is talking, and he's talking about how um, how his followers should lead. And it's very interesting what he says. He called the disciples to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them hmm. and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And that sounds like a contradiction in terms, but let's go on. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm. And this is an insight into God's character that is quite incredible, isn't it? What do you think about that, Casey? Mm. Well, it's totally the opposite of how we normally think. It is, isn't it? Yes. Um, Like in terms of greatness in how we think of it in the world sense, we think Mm. that Um, if you're great, there's going to be more people who serve you. But Christ's way of greatness is no, if you're great, that means you actually serve more. Mm -hmm. Totally flipped around. And um, this is really showing us how that God's ways are different to ours. And even that the the scripture record has a divine origin because it's just so contrary to how we would normally work. And um, as we have this attitude also, it contributes to us being able to be united with one another. Thank you for that. Now, look, I'm going to I'm going to have to do a fast forward here mm. and I'm going to read from Colossians chapter one. And I want to read a scripture here that is very interesting. Colossians chapter one and verse 20. Then I'm going to come back to you, Rod, on this mm. one. Colossians chapter one, verse 20. Here Jesus, I'm sorry, Paul is writing about Jesus reconciling all things to himself, it says, whether things on earth or things in heaven. This has a a universal uh, application, Jesus' death on on the cross for us. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, achieved all that. And then still reading on um, verse 21, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless and above reproach in his sight. Now, what is unique about the way God reconciles his enemies to himself? He describes the lost as enemies of his. Well, God's approach was he's innocent, but he'll take the blame or the responsibility for the guilty. Yes. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. It's amazing, isn't it? For us, we won't, in our natural state, won't do that. But Christ did that for us. Uh, We were away from him. We were, um, yeah, we were wayward. We were lost. And he took our our sin and bore that and he paid the price for it. And there's the model for us Mm. to follow in our lives. So we're very grateful to have that. Well, folks, we're going to have to wind up our discussion right there. Thank you very much for joining with us today. Um, Certainly developing a likeness to Jesus is the greatest goal of true education and life. And this will flow over into our treatment of people, our care of the needy, um, the influence of a life that is lived in union with Jesus, folks, will tell his story. And the impression made on the hearts of people around us will last into eternity as a result of that. Well, we're glad you tuned in to Let God Speak today. 
You can watch this or any past programs on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teacher's notes can be downloaded there. If you wish to send an email, you can do so. And we'd like you to join us next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.